this is Kenya, and welcome to my Magical Cottage Core Life. Today, I want to continue our series on berry plants we can plan for our garden next year. Now, we've been pretty tame. We've stuck with blackberries and raspberries. We did get a bit wild when it came to talking about purple raspberries, and if you missed that, go back an episode. But I want to take you out of your comfort zone a bit. Now, I was going to do an episode on currants first, but let's do this one. This, this is fun. And it's one of those berries that if you know about it, you can't imagine not everyone knowing about it. But if you've never heard of it, then it's going to be weird. So take out your big book of stuff, because today we're going to talk about planning for just a berry in your garden. So let's get started. Now, if you've never heard of a Josta berry, don't feel bad. Don't feel like you're out of the loop or something. It's, again, one of those kinds of things that if you're in the area that you know about it, it seems like everybody knows about it. And then if you don't know about it, it's like, what is that? It's just one of those things. It's a regional kind of knowledge because it seems that it grows in patches where primarily there are berry growers because it is a hybrid. It's not a berry that's going to grow just randomly. This is actually a plant that you have to have two other plants to make. So if you have black currants growing and you have gooseberry growing next to it, there's a good chance you've seen this particular berry and not known what it was. Jostaberry is actually the product of a cross-pollination of these two. You can't get a Jostaberry without them crossing. There's no way. So I'm going to guess unless you went out of your way to find it, you wouldn't see it anywhere because it's unusual for them to be in garden stores. But it's worth looking for, and I'll tell you why. Unlike some other berries, Josta berries are self-pollinating. That means you don't have to have multiple Josta berry plants for you to get fruit from them. As long as you have one, you're golden. And unlike the gooseberry that, you know, sometimes gets that disease, it's, it's kind of gross. It looks like a mildew. And unlike black currants, that also have their own disease. It's kind of a like a, a spotty, blotchy rot. The Jostaberry is kind of resistant to both of those. However, I did learn recently that there seems to be a weird little like a, a rust that the Jostaberry can develop. I'm not sure if it's universal or if it's only in certain regions. 
but the jostaberry leaf kind of looks kind of funky after a minute so I'm not sure that it's something that is coming from and mutating from the gooseberry or if it's a disease that's, that's only attacking the jostaberry itself and it doesn't attack the other two plants it seems to only appear there so I'm gonna let the experts in this kind of thing um, make their decision and make their proclamations on what this actually is but keep your eyes peeled and remember if for any reason something weird goes on with your your plant leaves uh, you know take it to someone who knows what's going on don't leave it on there don't put it in the dirt don't let it fall to the ground uh, get rid of it uh, preferably burn the leaf and uh, spread the ashes elsewhere because you don't want a disease that could spread to go through your soil and affect your other plants. So the next question will be, can you cook with the jostaberry or is it just going to be something that's just only edible from the vine and, you know, some everything doesn't seem to always translate well to cooking. Well, jostaberries do. You can cook with them. You can make them into smoothies. You can make them into jellies. You can do most of the things you do with other things like gooseberries and they'll have a different kind of taste. You'll like them, but again, it's one of those things that if you serve it to your guests or you're in the garden and you're showing off your garden, it will be either familiar to everyone in your neighborhood or no one will know what it is. It's, there's no in between. It's, it's a strange thing and I don't know why it is that way, but either everybody knows about it or no one knows about it according to where you live. And, you know, let me know if you, if you're in that little pocket of people that everyone knows what it is. I want to tell you something that I didn't cover. I told you it's a cross between a currant, the black currant, and a gooseberry. What I didn't tell you is that it actually only happens when you have two different kinds of gooseberry mixing with that currant. So you're, if you just have one gooseberry plant and one black currant growing together, you're not going to get a jostaberry. You need two different kinds of the jostaberry, the black currant and the European, excuse me, the black currant and the black gooseberry and the European gooseberry all coming together in this serendipitous kind of mix, this magical moment to create this berry. So I don't want you getting disappointed if you've been growing uh, black currants and gooseberries for years and you never got a jostaberry. It, you needed that third uh, piece of the puzzle for the magic to happen. Now, if you can get your hands on some cuttings, then that's all you need. You're not going to be able to grow this truly from seed and guarantee what you're going to get from what I understand because it is a hybrid and if you know about hybrids you know that they don't 
run true. That's not how they work. So if you can't find a nursery that has a Jostaberry, or if you're in Germany, you probably call them Jostaberry, but if you can't get your hands on that, then you might want to check out your local plant exchange. In Michigan, we have several of them. In this area, I think it's called the Metro Detroit Plant Exchange. And in these exchanges, you can connect with like-minded gardeners who set up swaps and share tips and information with each other to help on their gardening journeys. It's worth getting involved and it's one more way to give back and to contribute to one of those intangible knowledge bases that seem to be fleeting and far between now with everything going electronic. Some things only get passed on by talking to other people. So try to get involved if this is something that you want to pursue. Now I did say every time we were going to do a a berry in this series, I would try to add a mint for people who can't grow things outside. So the mint that I'm going to add today is lime mint. You're right. You're looking at the phone. It's okay. Don't look all sour at me. Get it? Sour. Lime. Why are you looking that way? Come on. It was a little funny, wasn't it? Okay. Moving on. But no, there is such a thing as a lime mint. And it actually really does smell like lime. It's very good. Um, It's something you can add to your lemonades. It's kind of okay with meat, depending on how you're cooking it and what seasoning you have. But it's worth growing, and again, it will grow indoors. It's a little bit uh, more... What's the word I'm looking for? It's a little more substantial than some other mints. It's not as a... I don't want to call it weak, but it's just very a bold feel to it. It's a little bit thicker, it's a little bit stronger, so it's a very hearty mint, and I do recommend it. Yes, I have grown it, so this is something you could consider, um, maybe making a nice smoothie with your Jostaberry and your lime mint would be just the thing. It doesn't need a whole lot of light, but as with all mints, if it gets too cold, it could go dormant. Don't be afraid, just nurture it. And take care of it and it should be fine even now to plant it for next year and with that we've come to the end of another episode I know right but I do want to give an idea to you of something you can use your mints for other than eating and One of the things I like to do is I will either add a mint to honey, and again, well, when we're eating, you know, I like food, or I will also take a mint and add it to a salve for my friends during the wintertime sometimes. And the reason I do that is because sometimes when you have a sniffy nose, that mint can make you feel better. Everyone is not necessarily able to enjoy and use camphor. Not everyone can use eucalyptus either. And for people who are super sensitive to that, this is another way 
to get that lifting of the this this you know mood and to open up some things sometimes without having to use eucalyptus or camphor. Again, I'm not a certified herbalist, I am not a naturopath, and I am not a doctor. I always want to remind you of that. Don't just stick things in your mouth because I told you so. That's not what we do, and we're big girls and big boys and big others, so we don't do that. But what we can do is research for ourselves, and I really think that's kind of trite when people say that, but in this case, I do think you should uh, do a little self-study to find out what it is you like about a certain plant, if mint is for you, if you can find lime mint, if you can find jostaberry, and take it from there. But books, not always Google. Books are good. Use a book. Talk to a gardener, a master gardener if able, and talk to your neighbors and your friends. And we're friends, right? That's why we share these things. So until next time, I look forward to seeing you here on my magical cottagecore life.